You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This five-minute recap of the U.S. Open of Surfing was brought to you by Fanatic.com. Fanatic is a fin subscription service that every surfer should use. Whether you have one surfboard or 20, swapping out your fins is an instant way to expand your quiver. Don't get stuck using the same fins because you don't want to spend 100 bucks on a new set that you're not even sure will perform differently than what you're using. For 10 bucks a month, Fanatic will ship fins to your house as often as you want, return them as soon as you want, or keep them indefinitely. You can send them back whenever. Fanatic will send you the next set of fins off your queue. They carry every fin from all the major brands, and you simply drag and drop to maintenance your queue on their website. It's super easy to use. Envelopes and postage back and forth is all provided by Fanatic, and it's included with your $10 monthly membership. It is a no-brainer, and it's a game-changer. Use our promo code PODCAST, and you'll get your first month free, and then you'll also directly support this show. Fanatic.com, promo code PODCAST. Thanks. And now, the five-minute recap of the Vans U.S. Open of Surfing. Start your watches now. The 2018 U.S. Open of Surfing at Huntington Beach, California. Stop number seven of ten for the Women's Championship Tour. The men also surfed in Huntington, but only as a qualifying series event. The next men's CT event starts August 10th in Tahiti, so we will reconvene for that. Our previous women's event, which I neglected to cover, was the Corona Open at J-Bay. That culminated in a spectacular finish to a stellar event that ran in great waves, but was slightly deflated by the fact that day one ran on July 6th, and then the final day ran on July 14th. So over a week of lay days between the start and the end of the event, which resulted in a kind of diffused anticipation that was only partially revitalized when Stephanie Gilmore was crown champ over Lakey Peterson in the final. And that detail is actually the most important one to note, Stephanie versus Lakey. This is the most evenly contested one-on-one title race that we've had in recent memory on both the women and the men's side of the CT. Lakey and Steph hit each one two events going into J-Bay. They met in the final, the waves were pumping, and Stephanie trounced Lakey with a 14.24 total over Lakey's 11.5. It should also be noted that Stephanie enlisted the coaching of Jake Patterson for this event. Jake Patterson's role is becoming increasingly important on the world tour. Um, He's been coaching athletes to great success. Griffin Colapinto and Kanoe Igarashi on the men's side, both of whom just finaled at the U.S. Open as well in that QS event. So uh, bravo to Jake and congrats to Steph on that new relationship. The waves that the women were served at J-Bay versus what they got in Huntington Beach were a stark, stark contrast. The forecast for Huntington Beach was absolutely paltry, and I was actually surprised at the waves that showed up. It was small and arguably the smallest I can remember, but it was still contestable. It also added credence to Scott Bass's rally cry that the waves are the stars. 
except that as the US Open slogged on, I found myself actually more engaged in some heats at the US Open than I was during the J-Bay event. This happened at Huntington in Stephanie Gilmore's narrow quarterfinal win over previous event champ Joanne DeFay. It also happened in quarterfinal four where Courtney Conlog reestablished her home court domination by beating Lakey Peterson. And this engagement was due to drama. These were tightly contested heats where the lead traded back and forth with each surfer besting the other with high stakes for everyone's results. Stephanie and Lakey both battling for the ratings lead on opposite ends of the draw and Courtney Conlog battling back from injury and trying to secure requalification. They had barely contestable surf, but the drama and threatened consequence is the pinnacle of our sport. The reeling waves at J-Bay are beautiful to watch undeniably, but I can watch those waves ad nauseum via YouTube clips. The real-time drama, however, of not knowing whether or not a wave is coming before the clock runs out, and if a contestant is actually going to select the right wave and then be able to surf it beyond what we expect as their potential, that is the sole purpose of the WSL's existence, to create and capture moments like that, and further, to anticipate them, to cultivate them, to ensure that you and I are attuned to them as the viewers, and then the WSL needs to exploit and promote them. Gratefully, this year, Stephanie and Lakey have found in each other worthy opponents. And even more gratefully, Courtney Conlog was resenting every moment of it from the injury sideline. She returned at J-Bay and lost in round two. She went to prep for the U.S. Open at the Supergirl Pro in Oceanside and also had an early exit. She does not have the preternatural talent of Stephanie Gilmore nor the fundamental technique of Lakey Peterson, but she has a level of tenacity and desire to win that is unrivaled on tour. In the past decade, I've seen her hundreds of times on south side of Huntington Beach, pre-dawn, in the cold, battling it out for set waves, milking waves to the inside, banking off the whitewash into the sand, and training harder than any of her cohorts. She will win a world title, and the U.S. Open will always be her pet event. As I mentioned, she beat Lakey Peterson in the quarterfinals and soon-to-be Rookie of the Year, Caroline Marks, in the semifinal. She went on to meet world number one Stephanie Gilmore in the final. Two points separated their final scores, 11.86 to 13.83, and the viewer could argue that it was actually a close heat, but it really wasn't. It was always going to be Courtney's. She waited nearly 17 minutes for her first wave, and it was a shoulder-high left going straight into the pier. She belted the thing three times with a power and lead-footedness that simply had not been seen throughout the entire day. Stephanie, for her part, exhibited her unmatched flow in the exact poise that sets her apart at point breaks, but Courtney's experience at the pier put her in a class of her own, and it also put her on the biggest waves that presented the very critical sections that she applied, that kind of lead-footed power to blow the fins out and power through each turn with a confidence that we know and love from Courtney but haven't seen in the past year. So it's great to have her back. It's also great to see somebody interrupt the Stephanie Lakey race. And perhaps most importantly, while the arena that is Huntington Beach with the thousands of cheering fans lining the pier and shoreline adds to all of this excitement, 
it will not sustain our next arena event at the wave pool that is surf ranch it can add to the experience and it is exciting to have all those fans lining the venue and cheering on their athletes but it needs to be authentically generated and the source of generation in huntington beach was the very real drama that unfolded with athletes positioning paddle battling and then surfing for their career and their legacy and what remains to be proven is whether knowing that a precisely engineered wave that is scheduled to arrive will heighten or diffuse all of that latent anticipation and drama. We'll find out on September 6th, 130 miles from the ocean in Lemoore, California. I will see you then. Until then, congratulations, Courtney Conlog, on winning the U.S. Open of Surfing, and congratulations on Stephanie Gilmore for retaining the Jeep's leader rating going into Lemoore. We'll see you then. <laughs>